Welcome, howdy. Hello. Yes, Revival Podcast. That was a terrible start to a really good episode. <laughs> what? What? Well, I just, I said just all words out of order. But it was we're, great. Thank was you. Great. God bless you. This is one thing everyone here is going to love about Stefan. He's nicer than me, even. <laughs> <laughs> but that's hard. Was that a, a compliment to myself? <laughs> you guys, this is Revival Podcast. We are so happy you are here with us. Um, we take just some of the modern disciples, the words of modern scripture, which by now you've forgotten because it's been several weeks, and just like highlight, man, what were some of the the one-liners, or some of like the really, I mean, li- listen, listen, listen. I really believe they're talking about relevant things, mm. like how to how to make a life like come alive in faith. You know how to live a life of faith, yeah. and uh, so we just take one every single week um, to do that. I'm David Butler, if I haven't said, and um, you can say your own name. I'm Stephen Tager. Okay, <laughs> I say your name better. This is <laughs> Stephen Tager. So. <laughs> All right. Um, listen, we are. We have to talk about how this world is so mean for a minute. Because do you feel like it's gotten meaner in your lifetime? Well, I think there are more opportunities to be mean. Like, okay, so you know how now you know about every natural disaster that's ever happened. Right. It's ever happening. Right. I don't think natural disasters have necessarily increased. Maybe they have. I'm not. I can't be the scientist. Okay. But you're like shaking your head like that's not true. I th- no, I actually think there is like Elder Oaks and a talk actually talked about how there's been an increase of n- natural disasters. This was like 20 years ago. Okay. Except for that one talk. Except for that one talk. Apparently he is now a meteorologist. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, there, okay. So let's just say, well, okay. Now you've ruined my whole like my whole point that I was going to make. But you're way more aware of everything else that's going on. Right. Right? Like there just have been people who've been living in Nepal for all these years. I didn't know about them until 5 years ago, right? When now all of a sudden I can follow the Dalai Lama on Instagram or whatever, you know? Like so I don't know if the world's gotten meaner. I'm going to argue with myself on this one. Um but I think I'm there's more chances, more channels of meanness available now, right? right? When there used to be only like eight channels on TV, remember? There were like, so there was only eight (laughs) channels. Listen, we didn't pay for cable. (laughs) So I only had eight channels, but you know, um, then cable came and now like YouTube and like pod, like there's like Instagram, TikTok, like be real is be mean. (laughs) <laughs> can be like there's just way more opportunities for people to be mean i think more channels yeah. like fire shots at people i don't know is that true i i don't know i don't i, mean, I definitely feels like it and i think we've put like a high premium on being witty and sarcastic and so like so Which much don't take that from me <laughs> Listen, like that's a gift my wit <laughs> Right, right. You can be nice and witty and nice and sarcastic. Of course, of course, right? Yeah, and but I mean, like the way we communicate is short, pithy, sarcastic little statements, and like I genuinely think that to to see another and to hear another takes time. It takes empathy. Mm. You have to sit with someone 
and listen. And so we just objectify people left and right okay. based on their little one-liners. We catch them. But to like to sit and listen and to see someone's soul, that's sacred ground. And although we have – so we have I, – I totally agree. Like we have an increased sense of platform and ways to talk and ways to know. I'm not sure it's increased our capacity to see others better and to be with them better. Yeah. You know? it, like, in some ways, but not, you know. Right. I, I, yeah, because we do really move a lot faster. Things are a lot quicker. Yeah. And an investment in a person is like, that's gritty. Yes. You know, like that's actually like to like, man, to really get to know somebody right. is. I remember asking this lady one time. Well, and I, listen, everybody, I've learned my lesson. Don't at me, okay? I've learned my lesson. But, Don't DM him. Yeah, she, like, she was talking about, like, um, well, she was a little bit older, been married for a, a lot of time and didn't have any kids. And so I just rudely but innocently was just like, oh, how come you don't have any kids? And she was just like, she said, what's my favorite ice cream flavor? And I was like, I don't know. And then she just said, if you don't know my favorite ice cream flavor, we're not the kind of friends where you can ask that question. Mm. And I was like, okay, gotcha. Point taken. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> but it just is like this idea of like, it takes time to really get to know yeah. somebody. I know that most people who know me don't really know me. Right? right. Because like, you know, I'm, I don't like, I don't, you know, put up a front. I guess everybody does. I don't mean to. Right. But it's like, it just takes time to get to know somebody. And certain situations draw out certain sides of you. So, I mean, I've known you for a while and I definitely don't think you put up a front, but on YouTube, on podcasts, that's going to draw out a certain side. And so people don't know the full humanity of someone through social media. Right. Do you think it's easier to be like mean to somebody than it is to be nice to somebody? Is that like an, is there less, hmm. like it's being, I feel like to be kind requires that I, what you're saying that I see you and love you. I'm not answering the question for you. I'm like actually thinking through it after I asked it. Like I wasn't like, let me ask you and then give the answer. Like, let me ask the question you should have asked me. Let me ask you a question about seeing another and then I'll answer it for you. <laughs> but I, I, like, I feel like it's, if, if. I don't know. You could be kind to a stranger, so yeah. the argument's about to be. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely think that um, part of our culture right now, too, is and, – and, and there's so much beauty and wonder in the world, so we don't want to be negative. But I do think a part of our culture right now is uh, I get a sense of worth from being right mm. rather than uh, taking the time to really see and get to know another person. And so – I, like if someone disagrees with me, someone feels like, oh, my my worth is being attacked as a human. Like for me, like the quickest way to determine someone's maturity is how well they can handle another person disagreeing with them. Hmm. Right? Can they can they stand in that space and self regulate and know that they're okay? And 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 because people like and like get a sense of worth from being right. I mean, you see some like things that are. Like sometimes just like just pretty mean. Like the fifteen year old kid taking your order at the fast food restaurant. Bro, and, don't even like and someone's just rude to that. Like he's trying, I she's ha- trying. I know. I have one. I have a sixteen year old who works at a mm. blocks, a dessert place, and the stories he comes home with, I'm just like Like what why do that? What 
I like I was like, are you like I just want to put on him a name tag that actually says like, hi, my name's Christian. I have parents who like really like me. I like basketball. I like you know. Yeah. Please talk to me like it'll be a really big name tag. You know, <laughs> right? Please right. talk to me like I have feelings. Like, like I'm a human a, tag. Yes, right. like, yeah. Yeah. We should make them for people. Who's like, hey, I'm actually I'm a human. Hi. Right. Like I know you have those kiosk things at McDonald's <laughs> where you click through, you know, and you could be mean to that one if you want. If right. You want to yell at the kiosk by all means, but if it has eyeballs, okay, like, <laughs> like I can't, you know, or like at a sports game, like legit, we Jenny and I have to take like classes before we can sign up our kids. They do that in Spanish Fork. Uh, we have to we have to take a I will be a good, good parent, <laughs> like at the games, like it's required. Wow. And I'm like, and, I, and maybe it should be. Yeah. It's like, should we put that on the umpires when it's especially like, even if they're like 55 years old, like, come on. Right. And listen, you got to razz an umpire and a ref, like here and there. Fun you, have right. you have to, you have to. It's like, but man, like some of the things that you see, you're just like, what? Like, listen, you're actually so smart. I know you have an answer for this. <laughs> um, what's happening underneath the hood when you have like a, a, a grown woman, like, going irate against a 16-year-old over a chocolate chip cookie bar. Yeah. Like, yeah. what, like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, everyone's different, but. <laughs> right. I, so the academic I drawn for this work is his name C. Terry Warner, and he does a lot of work with self-deception. Oh, the academic I draw on. <laughs> I thought you said the academic I drawn. I was like, what the crap is an I draw upon. I draw upon. Okay. I do not know what an eye drop is. <laughs> and he, his work actually influenced the Arbinger Institute. So like leadership and self-deception, the anatomy of peace, that kind of stuff. And as, and do you love those books? I do. I love okay. them a lot. I think Same. they explain a lot about human nature. Dr. Warner, he's a PhD from Yale. He's he brilliant man. He happens to be a member of our faith tradition, right? He's a very faithful Latter-day Saint. And essentially what he thinks is what's happening is, is that we see the humanity of, we, we come into this world and we see the humanity of others. And then we take up these excuses or stories or justifications where we deny their humanity. Mm. And, we, and when we do that, when we deny their humanity, we have to cook up reasons why they're wrong and why, we're, why we are a victim of them. And, so, and then we have to constantly prove that and point out why they're wrong and why we're right. And we just develop these stories, which, of course, by the way, invites other people to do the same with us. And for Dr. Warner, this is a very, you know, you can hear the gospel ringing through this. Uh, like the solution is to start seeing others, to see that other people as having thoughts and feelings that count just as much as our own. Mm. And, and you said something earlier, Dave, that I was like unintentionally profound and just, <laughs> just a second ago. For the first time in forever. You actually do that. You know, it's a gift. And he and you said, yeah, to really get to know someone, it's kind of messy. You said something like that, right? Is it, it's, it's complicated. Gritty. It's gritty. Yeah. Right? Isn't that incarnation? Isn't oh, that what Jesus on. did? Come on. Right? He came into this world and he said, let me, let me fully see what it's like to be human. Which is actually interesting because in this talk— Right, Elder Suarez, we're doing followers of the Prince of Peace, who like lived as the Prince of Peace in a mean world. Mm. Right, he didn't live it from the cloud. Right, right. He was like, I actually will be son of the. I'll be a prince, 
of peace on earth. Right. And he actually didn't live. He didn't live. Prince sounds like super pampered. Right. Also. Right. And he's just like, no, 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 no. I'll actually live incarnation. I'll live in the gritty of earth. And like that word followers, like almost as if he's just like, let me show you how to live in a mean world. Right. And it's interesting because I thought in this talk, he starts with the Palm Sunday. And I, and I, you know, as we've been thinking about this, I'm like, oh, it's actually really easy to be kind and nice when everyone's shouting Hosanna to your name. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. But then like to watch the way he responds when it's later on in that week right. is actually way more intriguing. Yeah, no question. And I'm just thinking, I, there's, I mean, when you start talking about this topic, to love in the face of hatred or meanness or violence, I mean, that's as deep as eternity there. I mean, there's, there's so much to think about. One of the questions I have is, how do you maintain that love? How do you maintain that goodness in the face of all of this hatred? Because sometimes people think it means be weak, capitulate, give don't, in, right. don't, don't defend yourself. Right, don't right. have an opinion, right? right? And, and that, to me, most of the time is just someone trying to prove that they're a peacemaker rather than actually being a peacemaker. Actually, mm. rather than doing the hard work of coming to solutions, they're just saying, oh, I'll be the righteous one. Like, of course that's not it, right? Um, I think Elder Suarez, I mean, can we, can we, can we look at right what he says here yeah. at the very end? He says, yes, we may. Okay, thanks for permission. The fourth, uh, fourth, the last paragraph, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, as we strive to develop attributes like pause, the Savior's. Pause, 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 pause. Listen, listen. No, 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 no. I just want to point out the fact that, like, that line washes over me so quickly without even, like, pausing that he just says, my dear brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. We're so used to using those words that even the way he's addressing us, I think, is actually part of the solution that that's yet to come, right? They're just like, it's that. I see your humanity. You're like, we're a part of the same family. Like you're, you know, like we're so used to knowing that we're brothers and sisters that I think like maybe the impact of those words doesn't like, it just doesn't hit anymore. Right. But, oh, there's something really cool about that. Okay. Well, Well, I I have to say this. I've noticed with some of my, um, my own children and some of their friends, I've noticed that sometimes I'll hear them call adults by their first name. And when I grew up in, the church, you always said brother or sister. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of our theology. It's not symbolic. It's not a metaphor. But when mm. we say brother or sister, I want my kids to grow up in a church where they say every single person in this world is my brother and my sister. Right? I, I, I think that changes the way you live with that spiritual practice. Right? He says, my brothers and sisters, as we strive to develop attributes like the Savior's, we can become instruments of his peace in the world according to the pattern that he himself established. Which which we saw kind of in that last week right. of his life, where you really could like, it's like, oh, what's the pattern? And it's just like, oh, watch. Or do you think, is you think it's talking about the pattern that he lived or the pattern that he, he established them by? Because I'm just, I'm curious, like, how does somebody develop, you know, yeah. those attributes? Is it a practice? Is it a spiritual practice? To- I think so. I think so. I, I think it's just, we try and we try, and the Lord gives us grace and turns us into something we weren't originally. Mm. And what does he do that last week? Well, he heals people who hurt him, right? Or we're trying to arrest him, right? Like the Peter cuts off someone's ear and, and 
Yeah. And, and Jesus heals, right? He prays for them. Yeah. Right? What if we actually took that seriously? Acts of kindness and love towards those who have hurt us. That does not mean that we allow abuse or hurt sure, in any sure, way, of course, sure. right? But even when we are tough with people, we find a way to do it in a way that preserves others' humanity, mm. right? He says, I invite you to consider ways we can transform ourselves into uplifting and supporting people. People who have an understanding and forgiving heart, people who look for the best in others, always remembering that if there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. Which I just want to say, like, that's one of my favorite articles of faith. That line he's quoting the 13th yes. article of faith. I'm just like, well, if I had to pick one, I'd pick one in 13, right? <laughs> like, I'm just like, we believe in God. Like, I mean, that one wins me, like, every time. It's just like, hey, what, what's, your, what's your church about? I just love that Joseph's like, we believe in God yeah. and in his son and the Holy Spirit. Like, to me, that's like, oh, so awesome. Um, and then 13 is so good. I actually don't care about, like, 12 or whatever the magistrates or whatever that <laughs> weird one is you know all these whatever but like 13 is like oh like in it within there is like we actually believe all things we hope all things yeah. we endure all things and then that line wow like i don't know why i've never done this before but for elder suarez to introduce that concept to me and with being people-centered if there's anything virtuous or lovely or of good report or praiseworthy about another human being, please seek for it. Right. Like actually look for it. Mm. Like take more than an initial, like, like look for it. And like to seek for something means like, I mean, we just, we, you know, we just had Easter a couple of weeks ago and I hate when someone's like, I can't find my A. And I'm like, well, look under the, look, they don't jump out at you. You know, right. same. Like maybe people's good and virtuous and lovely principles don't necessarily come out really quickly at first, but look for them. Right. Dig deep to f find them in there. Like yeah. what if that was a practice of people? Like you were just like, I am committed. It seems like his invitation. Be committed to find what's virtuous, lovely, and good about other people. Right. And I know this, sound, this may sound strange, but I think – how do I say this? When you're honest about a full person, their full humanity, it it doesn't come across as fake. Like you, you could, it's not, we're not saying like, oh, lie to yourself about their faults. Be honest about that too. Yeah. And it's just, what are you seeking after? What are you emphasizing? Right. right? And so when you see the full humanity, when you see their goodness and you will, you know, if you can, like Mormon says, it's actually Moroni speaking, he says, condemn me not because of my imperfections, right? But try to learn from, yeah, of course, of course you see people's imperfections. But you're looking for the goodness in the world. And that makes our faith expansive and not restricting. When my job as a Christian, as a, as a Latter-day Saint, is to go out and find goodness, to find truth, yeah. to find beauty, right. then all of a sudden my, my faith is growing. It's expansive. I can see goodness in the hand of God in all people, all traditions. Yeah. Of course, we believe in the ultimate claims of the restoration, of course. But I can appreciate the goodness I see in everyone. Well, and I think that it, it's like, it works as I look for it across planet Earth, mm. which has been like a practice of mine over the last several of years. I've just studied, I taught world religions, you know, I mean, you know this at the Institute and right. just began to practice that with people of other faiths and like, oh, that's just been, that's for another day, right? That we yeah. can really get into that. But 
man, within our own homes, within our own communities. And I love that line. Will you consider ways that you can, that you can do that? Like mm-hmm. he's just inviting you into a practice of actually doing that. I, I remember, um, getting a Amazon package one time on my porch and it had that sticker on there that said handle with care. And I remember picking it up and thinking like, I think people need this on them because it was a particularly like, I was in a particularly fragile place and I was like, should I walk around with that sticker? Like we put it on that box, which who freaking cares? Like go, (laughs) go buy another, whatever I bought. I don't know what it is, but like people, if we're going to be so careful we're so careful about so many things, about eating organic, clean water. Like, be really careful with all of these different things. What about being really careful with people? What if we, like, had that sticker on, it was on everybody's, yeah. you know, put that under Christian's name tag. You know, handle my son, care. like, handle handle with care, mm. you know? No, I love that. I love that. He, Elder Suarez says, let's, let's practice this. Let's do this. One of the ways we see Jesus do it in his final week is he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I think a really practical way to start loving those who are difficult to love is to remember that when people act out of anger or meanness or jealousy, President Kimball said, Jesus saw sin. He basically said, I see it as stemming from unmet need. Mm. And, and it's, it's actually kind of sad when people live in a world full of anger and meanness because they're living in a world where they think they have to be that defensive. Yeah. And they're not living in the goodness and abundance of God. And Jesus says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That actually kind of can soften my heart a little bit Yeah. to be alive to their humanity, even when they're acting in ugliness, right? right. Again, I'm drawing on the work from, of Terry Warner. He talks a lot about like, hey, if I can see them talk, working from a place of insecurity, it will help me to be like, okay, hey, like you almost want to say to someone, just calm down. We can, we can work this out. We can right. figure this out. There's enough. Yeah. There's enough love. There's enough truth. We can work, we can work through this. Well, and what's interesting is I actually think one of the core unmet needs of people is love. Right. And so when I put this practice, it actually begins to like, it begins to solve the problem right. in planet on planet earth. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, just a, a little bit of a time. A little and, bit of time. Yep. And, and it's his promise. I promise as you pursue and develop these attributes, you actually will become more and more cordial and sensitive. Like you will become more and more part of the solution. You'll become more and more a, a source of that, you know, of that promoter of, of peace in this totally, world. Totally. Can I, can I give one last sentence here? Yes. Uh, it says one of the most evident signs that we are drawing closer to the savior and becoming more like him is the loving, patient and kind way with which we treat our fellow beings, whatever the circumstances. So the sign that uh, a preacher I love, Fred Craddock, and you love too, Dave, he says the final work of grace is to make us gracious. Oh, and I absolutely, absolutely. Right. Like we reflect what the savior has done for us to other people. That's when I really have taken in Gethsemane and Golgotha. When I reflect that kind of grace back out into the world. I don't know if I understand it until, until I do that. Well, and what you said, I think is so such a powerful part of when he talks about that pattern that he himself established. I'm like, let that love and that forgiveness and that graciousness shown in Gethsemane on the cross, have its way in your heart. Mm. Let it have its way in you. And I think what you, the natural response to that is going to be, you know, if I've, if I've been forgiven so thoroughly, right. if, if he can see beyond my insecurities, right. 
it actually then naturally causes that to like come out of me with other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if I live in a world where people only get love based on if they deserve it, how will I see God? Right. I will not be able to see his or experience his love in my life. But if I, if I'm open to the possibility that people can be loved and respected, even when they don't deserve it, all of a sudden that opens the possibility that God is that gracious to me, that kind to me. I feel real bad. Me too. Amen. All right, we'll see y'all next week.